But I mean, you're, you're not gonna send that, right? You cannot send her that message. Why not? Because it's like 80 pages in, in all caps. I have 35 years worth of stuff to say, all right? Okay, yeah, yeah, but shorter messages are way cooler. Like this just looks desperate and a little creepy. Okay, sending her this would be like if you, like if you liked all of her photos. Oh no. Oh no. What the hell, man? I enjoyed the photos. And there's a button for exactly that. Why would I not click on it? Because she can see that. All right, I got amped up, okay? Look, she put a smiley face in the message. She's even got little red cheeks. Does that mean she's getting hot? She's feeling hot? What am I supposed to do with that? I think it's just a smiley face. Let's see. Welcome to No Mercy, a Cobra Kai kickback. My name is Jacob Burrows and I represent Miyagi-Do because I'm not a cab when I'm trying to get the cops to do what I want. But when they don't do what I want, I'm a cab. <laughs> My name is Jim Scampoli. I represent Cobra Kai because I can... I can control the exact moment that snakes will reveal themselves at a car dealership. Uh, my name is Mike Steele, and I'm here on behalf of Terry Silver himself, because not only am I a real bad boy, but Jim and Jacob offered me 25% for appearing on this podcast, but I made them agree to 50% instead. <laughs> Hell yeah. Very good. Very good. So we're talking this week. Welcome back, Mike, by the way. Um, Thanks, man. I feel like week. I understand how these intros work now, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um we're talking about uh, episode six of season three of Cobra Kai, uh, King Cobra, uh, directed by Steven Suchida, same as last episode. Story by the big three and Joe Pierrulli and Luan Thomas, uh, who also wrote the teleplay. Same, uh, same sort of format as we've seen previously. Uh, it's a crease-heavy one, um, and we're going to get into it. But any overall thoughts on the episode? I'll start with you, Jim. Uh, let's see. Overall thoughts. Um, no, no, <laughs> I mean, no, I'm just Mike. kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, so yeah, with the cre I mean, we have the crease flashbacks are back, although I'm kind of digging this because I do want to see, like, I don't necessarily want to see crease being bullied and fighting back and all that, but I do want to see crease in Vietnam. Uh, I want to see, like, I, I want to see that someone had to be like, okay, how do we explain this photo where it says like, you know, Vietnam vet slash karate hero, you know, whatever it says, like how it mentions the karate <laughs> in his picture. Yeah. So I love the idea of like kind of making it work in a lot of ways too, where it, it kind of feels plausible uh, in my opinion, which is always like the silliest thing was just that it was the, the fact that he's a Vietnam karate champ. Um, and then of course, I mean, you know, I, I, I'm always loving uh, just the LaRussos and um, the general Johnny and Miguel. Like when there's great Johnny and Miguel uh, back and forth, you're going to hear it in the intro. Absolutely. And Mike, uh, we talk a lot about flashbacks on this show. How do you feel about the Vietnam flashbacks specifically? All season, it was real up and down. And this was one of the downs for me because this is one of the ones where I wasn't sure how I felt about the flashbacks and sometimes they were good. Sometimes they were bad. And this was when I was starting to be afraid. Uh Oh, are these flashbacks the worst thing in the show? <laughs> because they, they like the premise of him being made a secret member of the army 
by just some guy and then him being like, don't worry, I know some guys too. And then that's how the unit gets formed. I was like, uh-oh. And then when like they're potentially blowing up the thing, and I'm like, uh-oh. And then when like, I know I'm jumping ahead, but like everything that happens in all these flashbacks, I'm like, oh no, this is like going from maybe slightly hokey, but it's Cobra Kai, so I'm okay with it, to like melodramatic nonsense. Uh-oh, these, these, these flashbacks might be the worst. And so I... I don't hate flashbacks, but this is when I started worrying about the crease flashbacks in this episode. Okay, I get you. That's actually where the episode starts with crease in Vietnam. It says Vietnam, nineteen sixty-eight. We don't like. We get it. We we get what's yeah. going on here. You hear the um, music, cre- you get it. Yeah, crease <laughs> is being uh, uh, kind of joshed. I would say he's being joshed by a couple of pals. Um, who are sort of grabbing his his girl's photo, sniffing it, asking for another photo. Man, these are great guys I want behind me when I go over the line. Um, definitely going to rec- recommend them for the crack squad, like Twig, who uh, he's called Twig because he has no muscles. Um, yeah, there he's a captain wants to talk to him. We go over and see, as much as Kreese is a stereotypical uh, military hard ass, this is guy's like the alpha of that. And he's just like punching bamboo, very much like Cobra Kai training, you know, when you're punching the thing with the face on it. Guys, remember? And he kind of wants to recruit Kreese for a special crack team to go undercover. And Kreese is all about it. And it starts intercutting as he's talking about how they need the absolute best. It intercuts with crease in present day checking out some bullies to maybe have them potentially join cobra kai well but also like um who, why is no one noticing that a fucking old man is uh hanging out at the school <laughs> taking notes? no 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 jim <laughs> everyone notices but this is the cobra kai universe so it's yeah. actually incredibly normal for a karate scout to be showing up at sporting events <laughs> to fair scout enough. your talent <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, And I do want to say this Captain, uh, Captain Turner, this actor I always think is Anthony Michael Hall, but he's not Anthony Michael Hall. So if you were thinking that this was Anthony Michael Hall, it is not. Who is it? Uh, Just some guy that looks like him. (laughs) Because like Anthony Michael Hall now anyways. Like if you look at Anthony Michael Hall now, uh, I mean, actually, maybe, you know what? I'll do it for the video. Um, Do it for the video, please. You can kind of see him yeah. here. Like, does this not look like Captain Turner? No, it does. That 100% Anthony, does. That's Anthony Michael Hall. That's not who's in this show. But anyways. What? You too can see Anthony Michael Hall on the Shows What You Know YouTube. Don't bother Googling it. Just go to YouTube and type in Shows What You Know and find this specific episode if you're on the podcast feed. For sure. Um, yeah, no, uh, to your point, the sort of wrestling match, you see an audience in the background. So it makes sense that Chris is there, even though he's over by the wall, kind of leaning all sexy. Um, but then there's also like the women's basketball team team. There doesn't look to be an audience. It seems to be maybe a practice or something. And uh, he's just there staring at him. So I, I get where you're coming from. Jim. Well, even the weight Basically, room. He's hanging out in the weight room. I think that's like a school weight room, right? Or maybe not. Yeah. It seemed like not a public place. <laughs> <laughs> Look, but he's, he's again, the best. He's, he, he's living in the valley in the Cobra Kai universe. So it is not surprising when one of the heads of one of the major dojos in town is scouting talent. That's that's if anything, they were probably working harder than ever, pretending like they didn't notice, but they knew he was there. Yeah, that ba- that that girl's basketball is clearly like if you're being generous, it's a practice. It's probably just gym class. 
and, and he sang it out. <laughs> you know, he's an assistant coach. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we, we get to see Johnny reading the Facebook message from Ali with an eye. Um, and she does end it with a smiley face. We can only presume that means she's hot. She's feeling hot, <laughs> similar. Um, but yeah, he, she just kind of uh, basically sends a normal message. And we know later on that Johnny doesn't understand Facebook or, or social interactions, uh, social media interactions even more so. So he, he's writing this big ass novel. Miguel uh, writes in all caps. Him in all caps. <laughs> Yes. Well, I mean, uh, I have the message if you're if you're getting to it already. Let's, let's hear it. Yeah. Uh, hear it. Let me. Wait, you, you can screen grab exactly what it was that he said. Someone actually sent it to me. Yeah. Um, and then in 1992, Iron Eagle three came out. You know what? I don't care what the critics say. Thought it was pretty good. Not as good as Iron Eagle one and Iron Eagle two. But hey, what movie is? I think Wayne's World was that year too. That one was okay. Those nerds had great taste in music, and the chick was hot. What was she doing with him? How come the hot chicks go for the losers in these movies? <laughs> anyway, other than that, 92 was a pretty quiet year. <laughs> Got fired again. <laughs> but what the hell do they know? <laughs> I didn't like construction anyway. They all speak Spanish, and I'm pretty sure they were making fun of me or something. Do you know what a gringo is? I started learning a little bit of Spanish from Miguel and his family. I know hola, plantain, taco, and dinero. Pretty good, huh? Where was I? All oh, right, 93. <laughs> <laughs> there was that dinosaur movie pretty good for the 90s i mean not anywhere near as good as what we had back in the day remember predator that movie was badass <laughs> this dinosaur thing was pretty cool but too much science stuff for me i guess you probably like that though right i mean you're a doctor now i could never be a doctor not after that incident at the community college i talked about that <laughs> <laughs> I talked about that a couple paragraphs ago. Does Facebook let you go back and reread? Still think they overreacted. All the great scientists set things on fire, right? Like Einstein, whoever. Anyway, 93 Dutch got arrested. That one was pretty stupid. I was drunk for most of it, but I'm pretty sure he hotwired a golf cart from the country club. I looked up from the bar and Dutch is driving this thing at high speed. Or I guess as high speed as something like that can go. And he crashes <laughs> it and he crashes it into the pool. They had to bring a crane to get it out. He did some time, but it was worth it. Anyways, I don't think I've been back to the country club since then. Uh, since then. Sid won't uh, let them ban me, but those guys are all uptight, and they only serve foreign beer. It's offensive. We won two world wars drinking American beer. What the hell has Belgium ever done except get invaded? Who wants to drink that? <laughs> Who wants to drink that shit? I think I got off topic again. Let's get back to the mid-90s. 94 was a slow year. The 90s sucked. Man, you turn on the radio and it was just crap. Who writes a song about hey. being... Uh, yeah, who writes a song about being a loser? And all these grungy types with the flannel? Let me tell you, music's supposed to be about being badass and awesome. Uh, not about wanting to kill yourself. That shit can't be good for kids to hear, right? Look at me, worrying about what the kids are hearing. <laughs> <laughs> I, guess, I guess being a parent changes you not that i'm all that great of a parent well miguel seems to like me okay robbie doesn't i messed that one up pretty good can't even get the kid to talk to me anymore he's stuck in there for a few more months and he's got nobody uh he won't take my calls i hope his mom's talking to him at least i think it might be too late for uh, me and him i messed up too many times not that i'm a total screw up I've done some good stuff, too. Which brings me to 1995 and how I made two grand betting on the OJ trial. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. 
I love that they spent that much time on something that I didn't know I could read, but it's also so perfect that you'd think I should have been supposed to have read it. Yeah, so many also, yeah. I have never felt more validated in my opinion that Johnny Lawrence would not like the Red Hot Chili Peppers <laughs> than that message to Allie with an eye. Jim, yeah, that's Jacob, fair. tell me I'm wrong. Yeah, fair. I mean... He maybe he's just trying to appear cool to Ali, and that's no. why he's saying this. And actually, his wardrobe is just full of Red Hot Chili Pepper teas. No, no. <laughs> if he doesn't like Beck and he's hating on music of the '90s, he's hate. Oh no, they just they messed up. They messed up, and they let him wear a shirt he shouldn't have worn. You know what? I I think you turned me around. It's like one of those Twitter things, like you said. Where you're the, welcome, the, your Jacob. Sweet honey words are convincing me. Mm -hmm. um, so in that scene, obviously Miguel and uh, and Johnny they have the great interactions we heard from the intro. Uh, he's like, you can't send that, and tries to kind of help Johnny, but Johnny takes it kind of wrong and is like, yeah, we'll just get more. Well, sorry, I'm jumping ahead even more because they look at his oiled up pictures, which is oh, great. oh it's um, so great. Those pictures are so fantastic. Yeah, I want them on my wall. I don't see why he wouldn't send them, to be honest. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess kind of before that, uh, Daniel gets home and, you know, Daniel's chipper. He's like ready to like, what is he? He's, he's he, they're going to put the kids somewhere. They're going to they're gonna go out on a weekend. He's got all these plans. He's uh, he got good, gifts for everyone. Yeah, he's got yeah, gifts for everyone. Yeah, because he cheated on his wife. Of course he got <laughs> gifts. <laughs> but he finds out, yeah, the kids are actually staying with his mom because, you know, things are heating up with Crease. Um, and then we cut to uh, Cobra Kai. And I didn't know this kid's name. I had to look it up. But Mitch. Mitch is that curly-haired kid. He's telling the story of the beatdown. And he has, like, a wrestling reference here. I kind of love how yeah, that feels. Jericho. He does a Jericho yeah. reference. It feels so real because these kids are nerds uh, at heart. Well, and the very first time they joined, it was because they wanted to be, like, wrestlers. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, yeah, he's talking about the beatdown. Um uh, let me see what else he said. Oh, and then, yeah, the new recruits show up with the, of course, we have uh, Kyler and what is it, like Brooks, I think, is the the the, the big dude. Um, yeah. yeah. And I love that he tries to do the thing like, oh, this is what we do. We treat the new recruits like shit. Uh, but, of course, these are some alpha bullies. They're not going to allow that uh. to happen. The alpha the shit out of him. He doesn't even like. Even he walks into it like, ha ha ha. Like I'm, he already is letting it know it's a big joke, and that was the worst move in the world. Because like, hey, what the hell? What'd you say? Oh, and I guess yeah, even and, before and that, uh, Tor like they're talking about how Hawk broke his arm, and even Tori's like, oh, it's I'm I didn't even think you were gonna do it, but like it's like cool that he did. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Hawk tries to talk to Crease and say, I don't think these guys, <clears throat> these guys are Cobra Kai material. He tries to do the Miguel thing where Miguel always goes and talks to Johnny and then Johnny doesn't change his mind. But then mm. later in the episode, Johnny changes his mind. That, does, that doesn't fly with the, with the Crease, um, who, of course, sets it up uh, to as a survival of the fittest, basically battle royale um, where they're all going to fight. And basically it's not revealed until after uh, the first one. Um, but uh, it, it's you have to fight for your survival. You have to fight to stay in Cobra Kai. Yes. Even more proof that old Cobra Kai and new Cobra Kai are very, very different, and that that is why Hawk feels that way, because it, in his eyes, he's completely right. In our eyes, he's actually also right. But Kreese's Cobra Kai, Hawk couldn't be more wrong. These guys are perfect for Kreese's Cobra Kai. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, like, I don't because we always talk about the flashbacks there is a quick flashback here but i don't mind this i don't know why 
but I just don't mind it as much. <laughs> yeah, I think it's because we're, uh, well, there's, I think there's one as well. I mean, when um, I'm sort of skipping ahead, but where, where, you know, this one kid gets kicked out um, and Kyler, because Kyler beats him and takes his place. Uh, what's his name? What you said it just a moment ago? Oh, uh, Mitch. Mitch? Yeah, Mitch. Yeah. Ass, thank you. Assface gets kicked out. Um, Hawk uh, goes up and, like, because this other bully, uh, Brooke, Brooks. Yeah, he, Brooks. Uh, he comes up to fight, and Hawk's like, he's mine. And Chris just knows and goes to the guy with the flags, like, oh, I don't need that <laughs> yes. shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because Hawk's got that killer look. The, the look that he hasn't had for ages, even when he was breaking Dimitri's arm, he was like, I don't know, guys. And now he's like actually got the rage pumping through him. And it's a real like fight club. I wanted to destroy something beautiful moment. Yes. And it's for the one thing that's... And at this point, Tori, even though before she was like, cool, man. Now even Tori is looking at you going like, man, this kid's a psycho. <laughs> you know you're having problems then. Yeah. Um, and he's Everyone in that room... It's yeah. just like, oh, well, damn. And like, it's oh, so great when you... Yeah, except Chris. Chris is so... Chris is like, there's one person in this room that belongs to be that belongs here. Well, but also it's weird because I, I do see that in Tori's reaction, but I also see there's a moment where she's like, yeah, this is great. Uh, maybe I'm just reading too much into it. But also, Hawk, yeah, he basically kills this kid here. Um, <laughs> and then he gets up and he spits on him as well. Uh, yeah, in slow motion, and that's what I was talking about in last episode. I feel like this is this is where Hawk should be going, and I mean, I guess we'll see where the season goes, but it doesn't gel, in my opinion, with what's setting up. Like Hawk yes. should be right there with Tori in a lot of cases, uh, in my opinion. I, I think they try to make it work by showing that he's so hesitant beforehand, and that it takes. Kreese kind of turning his back on what he views as someone who's been loyal to Cobra Kai to kind of drive him to do this. Uh, I think that's what they think they're doing, but I agree with you that it does feel out of place, especially with his trajectory of what did you guys call it? Uh, his, his longing stares. Yeah. His, uh, Theon Greyjoy looks to the camera. Yeah. Yeah. His Greyjoy looks, uh, but it is great. It's such a great moment when he walks it back is. to his spot and Kyler like won't make eye contact with him. And, but Hawk is like staring at him. Like, I want you to look at me. I want you to, and he just won't do it. And it's so, oh, it's such a good, that that's so good. And the flashbacks work there for sure, because it is like, mm-hmm. that's where his darkness and rage is coming from. And, and I guess, I just feel like Hawk should be where Tori's at just because we've also seen more of that. We talked about it in season two when he ha- we have that one where he goes back into Crease's lair and Crease is there to like, um, you know, guide him and be like, yes, feel your anger. Yes. <laughs> so I also, I, well, the, one other quick detail. I love that. Uh, it's even better because Kreese goes to say finish him and he doesn't, he can't even finish the phrase before Hawk's just going in on him. Yeah. No, I was going to mention that as well. And in that shot where he's like above him and pummeling him, I I have a feeling like they, you know, messed with the shutter speed of the camera or something. Yeah. Because it's like really sharp and kind of jittery. It's almost like the opposite of slow motion. Not that it's fast motion, but he's just like, thrashing and you can see it super clearly he's not like 
to very motion blurred and it's it, it kind of feels unnatural like the way he's there and then we go from that directly to slow motion of him standing up and uh it's just super cool and super dark <laughs> and it's, uh, i think this moment oh okay. keep going jim i was just gonna say it's kind of funny because that moment was in the trailer and I remember reading people's theories. They thought that he was beating the shit out of Johnny there just because you see Johnny beat, like there is shots of Johnny beat up and like, oh my God, Hawk beats the shit out of Johnny. It's just funny. Like, yeah, no, that's not happened. Uh, and while I do continue to agree, Jim, I do feel like this is one of those moments where like this almost would have made more sense if it happened earlier in the season yeah. for the trajectory that Hawk is on. But what I do like is that it's a perfect encapsulation of Hawk's dichotomy with Cobra Kai in that half of him fits in old Cobra Kai and half of him fits in new Cobra Kai. And the yeah. difference between him and people like the people that Crease uh, uh, is recruiting is that they want to be here and they are that per- they belong here. Where Hawk belongs here but isn't sure if he wants to be here anymore. And that's the only thing that is setting him apart anymore. But he knows that part of him, that he, he does belong. And he wants to kind of start becoming more the person that's on the side that doesn't belong. And that's kind of like the war within, within him. That I, I think that war works great at this moment, but the, him beating the absolute shit out of someone like that works way better in, earlier in the season. Yeah, I, I still think it, it still makes sense for the character and... I mean, I there is obviously this... I mean, because he literally has... it. He's like the one person that has this whole different identity, but he does still have Eli. There's still Eli in there somewhere, and I guess they are... These looks are supposed to show that there is this inner turmoil, so I can't harp on it too much. Um, it's just... I feel... I, my gut just tells me that the Hawk portion should be winning more, and he should be more like Tori. Yeah. Well, because he's been seeing, he, he's never seen himself in this light before where he was the bullied kid who became cool to stop being bullied. And then he was fucking with people, but he never saw himself as the bully. Now he's standing in lockstep with the people he came here for in the first place. Yeah. And that's the first time he's ever been like, oh, I'm not in the middle anymore. I, I saw myself in the middle where it was, I didn't want to be bullied. So I stopped myself from being bullied, but he didn't see himself as a bully until he's standing next to all of his own bullies. Yeah, that's fair. Guys, I just love Cobra Kai coming on the show and making a show with me. It's just great. It's so good. <laughs> yeah. Cause I was just thinking about what you were saying. And I was like, thinking all the way back to the karate kid and like how the themes we're dealing with here and all, all of us having slightly different views on how it's going. I'm like, ah, we're all such big nerds. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Um, so let's uh, skip back a bit because we did jump over a couple of scenes with the LaRusso storyline that we're going through because as we said, Daniel came home. He actually starts to say like, you're not going to believe what happened. About to start his lying, I assume. But he gets <laughs> cut off and they never get into it. Um, so then we cut ahead and Amanda's kind of explained what's going on and she's like talking about Crease and how he's a crazy person like running Cobra, like uh, karate gangs across the valley and it's great to to get like said out loud what we've talked about where Daniel's like see it sounds crazy when you say it out loud and she's like no it sounds crazy when other people are saying it <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. insane though like she's in the black hole that is crease and that is karate so that's well it's perfect too because she's only half in there she still mm-hmm. thinks that there's rational ways to deal with him yeah. outside of a, outside of engaging in the karate war so she has now accepted that there's a karate war that she before thought it didn't exist now she's in it far enough to acknowledge the karate war but not enough to like 
realized that the only way in, out of karate is through karate. She still thinks she can like <laughs> un-karate her way out of it by going to police or, or cops or being rational. And so she's, she's still learning, hey, you're in the karate world. I've been in this world. You're new to it. You're going to, you, you'll catch up, babe. I promise. Well, and what's it is gr- great that. Well, yeah, go uh, ahead, Jacob. I, w- I was just going to say that she does have one foot in each camp here because she's he's like talking about like, what are you going to do? H- hit him? Yes. Hit Chris or whatever. And she's like, oh, that kind of insanity got us into this mess. Great double standard from Amanda. Love to see it. Yeah, yeah. that's the exact thing I was going to bring up because it, it, it sh- I mean, I guess Daniel's not talking about uh, schmoozing with his exes. Uh, Amanda isn't fully upfront with everything that's happened because at this point, yeah, she's because Daniel's like, I'm just going to go down there. And meanwhile, that's exactly what she did. And she's like, to do what? Just go hit him or something? <laughs> <laughs> to do what I did? Yeah. Yeah. She's not used to it. She, she's lying to herself. She, yeah. did, she is in the karate world, but she doesn't want to accept it yet. Well, it's great exactly. because all the characters are somewhat like that because we've talked about this a little bit before uh, where they kind of have an understanding. And we've talked about how, like, Crease is the only one that fully gets it. But people yeah. are starting to get on board. People are starting to realize where they're at. Yeah, so the next scene with them, she's like, we're going to do it my way. We go to the police. So that's the next scene. She's sitting down with the cops, and we get to see her not not just as she take she's not just taking the first step into this world she's now also starting to see the same thing that's like happening with sam and daniel and everyone where they make you out to be the crazy person in such mm-hmm. a great way yes. like, remember jim we were talking about this with like you know when they were being bullied in school and sam becomes the person who's like ah but i'm so yeah. mad because you're manipulating stuff and then everyone yeah. thinks she's the crazy person which you know crease is the master of and is doing here because he's he's literally like a step ahead where he's already filed this restraining order um um, and the cops talk about how, you know, she's a Vietnam War vet, the, uh, vet, the mental st- health stigma is real and all this shit. <laughs> it's and so that. good because on paper, that's stig- that's what he is. He's just some d- dumb old karate man, but really he's a villain and they don't get it. And it's so good because all of us were sitting there going like, dude, it was so cool when she slapped him in the face and stopped him from his monologue. And we, at the moment, just thought it was a cool moment. But <laughs> Cobra Kai was smarter than that. They're like, no, guess what? We're going to, it was a cool moment, but also she slapped an old man. (laughs) Well, and it's so this, uh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, it's just fun. It's a funny back and forth where she's like, well, I want to file one anyways. And he's like, it's not, what does it matter? You'll still have to stay 500 feet away from or 500 yards away. And then it just turns into like, can you please sign this and say you've been served? You really, uh, thanks uh, for saving me a trip. Yeah, that's great. And, um, what was I going to say? I forget. But but Mike, I, I assume you want to talk about ACAB. I'm going to put you on the clock here. You have 60 seconds to talk about ACAB. Uh, if you want to get some frustration out at this point, go. Well, this show is perfect because it shows how useless and crooked the police are because – we basically get an entire scene showing that even in a world where Amanda LaRusso, who thinks that you should solve karate problems by not using karate, the cops are useless in that world too. The cops are, they're, they're crooked and they're useless and they side with the wrong person for the wrong reasons and they do it flippantly. He's not malicious, he's just dumb, like most cops. So I am happy that Cobra Kai took the obvious ACAB stance because every cop in this show is a villain. <laughs> 
Thank you. You, you completed that well within time. Um, <clears throat> I also remembered what I was going to say, that if this cop had a kid who was in Cobra Kai or Miyagi-Do, he would also get sucked into the universe and he'd go in like guns blazing because yeah. you start to think it's the most important thing in the world, way more important than catching murderers or what have you. So he would be on that side. He's just not in the Karate Kid universe. Uh, he is, but he doesn't know he is, you know? Well, close. He'd come in with his gun, point it at someone, and then Shoot the guy he was person. pointing it at would be like, <laughs> probably, a, probably a black karate person. And then the black karate person would be like, come on, you know what we're doing here. And he'd take his gun and he'd throw it on the ground and then they'd have a fist fight, uh, I don't know, in like a quarry or something. Mm, well, he'd figure out a way to kill a black person. We know that for sure. <laughs> yeah, so, hey, Cab. Uh, <laughs> so then we have, uh, kind of jumping over the scene with Hawk that we already talked about, we get to see fun, sexy photo shoots with Johnny. That's They're not as fun nor as sexy as the oiled-up pictures. We have to mention his line about how, like, I guess we could take new pictures, but I don't really want you to cover me in baby oil right now. It, like, gets everywhere. <laughs> and yeah. like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> that's not what this plan is. <laughs> and then and he's at- trying to be, like, he's copying Ali's photos, right? Kind of, or just kind of doing, he's, he's, you know, he's Johnny Lawrence, so he's going to do everything to an extreme degree, but he's doing what everyone does where we all want to make our lives look great on our socials, but he's doing that extreme degree and wants to come off as, yeah, like this hip, cool guy. I did have to look up the queen of hearts, which is the book he's pretending to read. Uh, he tosses over his shoulder into a trash can the second the picture is taken. Yeah, by Kimmery Martin, which I guess part of the book is about um, these uh, these two rivals, and when they get older, they're visited by an old flame that help them realize maybe this rivalry isn't that important. So no way, I, really. I, 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 I guess it's cool. somewhat that's part of it because there's, but it's like this weird like. Uh, hospital romance, and they're the these are happily married wives and mothers with success, successful careers, a pediatric cardiologist, and a trauma surgeon. But then, um, yeah, this old flame from their past, Nick Zeno Costas, shows up. He's a reappearance at a time of a new professional crisis. It shocks both women into a deeper look at the difficult choices they made at the beginning of their careers. Wow. Uh, so it is kind of a nice little uh nice little shout out there. Love to see it. I love that. I'm so glad you told me that. <laughs> That's cool. Uh I I yeah, it's it's great when they sneak that shit in. I love it. So while they're on this photo shoot, uh Johnny eats sushi in the weirdest way possible <laughs> and just like heads off and then Whoa, 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 watch. Jacob. Y- yeah. That's how I eat sushi. <laughs> Well, you're you're a karate champion, two, whenever two time I, winner. <laughs> whenever I go to, to Korean person. barbecue, I just poke things with my chopstick because I can't do the thing. Okay, well, I mean, you okay? You and Johnny, yeah, hand in hand, I'd say. <laughs> I, I guess it, it, don't take a picture of it and put it on your social. Is all I'm gonna say. Um, so Tori comes up is the important bit of this scene, really, because we haven't seen Tori and Miguel interact. The whole show, there was kind of a hint earlier where uh, Hawk was like, you still haven't gone to see him or whatever, because she's clearly avoiding it. She she comes in, she works there. She thinks he, like, found her, which is interesting, that she's like, how did you know I worked here? He obviously didn't show up for her, but she takes the opportunity to say that she feels guilty about everything. And But she's talking about, like, getting Miyagi-Do back. And yeah. when one of us gets hurt, we all get hurt. And Miguel's like, but nobody else got hurt, though. <laughs> yeah. And we kind of see this thing from Miguel, obviously, where he's been, um, 
Like, everyone's, like, doing all this shit for Miguel, whether it's car washes or fighting, like, each other. And it's like, this is for Miguel! And he's just like, you didn't even come to see me in hospital. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's... I, I lo- oh, go ahead, Mike. No, you're good. Oh, I was going to say, yeah, it's it's such a perfect response and, you know, like, really kind of hits the, uh, the, the point home. Um, yeah, I like it. Well, beyond just the point he says, too, it brings up a bigger point that Miguel is smart enough to see past the Cobra Kai versus Miyagi-Do stuff, which he was as embroiled in as anybody, which that, that point of this is almost lost, where he obviously he says, yeah, but no one else got hurt. But he's not just thinking of himself. He's now thinking of the two dojos. And even though he wants to walk and he wants to fight again and he considers himself someone who's under his sensei and everything, he is beyond... Cobra Kai versus Miyagi-Do and so it actually makes a lot of sense why he's thinking that way and why he makes some of the decisions he makes moving forward if that's already a conclusion that he has come to and to him it's like this like wait what you were really seriously sitting here and telling me like Cobra Kai versus Miyagi-Do stuff that's like so stupid at this point it's we're all people and I like that he is bringing that up because he's like the only kid even though like there's a lot of smart kids involved but he's the only one that's actually looking at this as anything other than group versus group and more just as all of the people involved yeah and he even brings up that he was you know he was just more about them as like their own little family that they had he cared more about that than the rivalry uh, but then she kind of turns it into, cause he says something about needing help. And then she's like, you think I'm crazy? Like everyone thinks I'm crazy. Cause I am crazy. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm a lunatic. Yeah. Miguel doesn't really have a, uh, a good response here about the fact that he smooched someone else while they were going out though. Yeah, uh, true. He doesn't really apologize or anything, but you know what? Miguel has bigger things on his mind. Uh, we'll let this one slide. Well, uh, since yeah, we're on the conversation does not end amiably. Yeah. And since we're on Tori, I think it's before this, but when Tori beats the basketball girl, are we supposed to believe then our new recruits, above this idea of this basketball girl loses is she not in cobra kai or is she in cobra kai where are we at that's what i took it yeah. that that's proving that like crease found all these people but that doesn't mean that all of them are immediately here that even these people that he scouted personally might not be tough enough to hang that's how i read it i wasn't sure because because if i'm crease you're still kind of like ah well she lost to tori but tori's like the best one this girl's clearly better than all these other people but who knows now this girl's out, I think. Uh, yeah, at this point. Same um, with the wrestler guy. Like he got he got the, the literally murdered. Well, because I feel like the wrestler. Yeah, the wrestling guy's not going to show up again either way, even if he was in. But uh, <laughs> but also, I'm just concerned because they need some more strong women in, in Cobra Kai, and uh, that's a uh, they had a prime candidate. And what he has her fight Tori. What do you think's going to happen? Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a fair point. Um, so we're moving on with the Larusso storyline. They, because uh, we've already had Amanda say like, "There's the nuclear option," but I hate it. I hate it so much. I like that she doesn't hate it because she's using basically her corporate influence to push a small business owner out. It's she hates it because she has to deal with this fuck, uh, this fuck Armand Sarkeesian who they invite to dinner. Um, and he's just a cartoonish slob, uh, as he has been previously. It's consistent. Um, and they basically just try to uh, get him to get rid of Cobra Kai. 
Yeah, which I love. It's her continuing to walk further into the Karate War shadow because now she's in the Karate War, but she tries to be rational. But now she's in the Karate War and she's doing a cartoonish scheme to try and uh, get something done. And that is that is something that uh, two seasons ago she would have made fun of Daniel for doing. Except Daniel tried this exact thing, did he not? Didn't he kind of do this when he went to Armand? I mean, I guess he wasn't successful, but... I mean, he tried to get Johnny pushed out or whatever. Yeah, it was something along those lines. It's a little bit vague. It's a little bit since we talked about it. Uh, but yeah, he's definitely tried that. And it's he's like, or he's saying in this scene, like, I don't trust Carl Salesman. Um, and, yeah. but, he's, but he likes Beautiful Wife and this cartoon. Uh, for <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's basically it. Well, and plus with a car dealership that almost was going under, she's ready to triple the rent of a place <laughs> that... Uh, that they're just not going to use or I guess the idea is you rent it to someone else and then they'll pay the other two times or something. I don't know. I'm just thinking it's a triple dip. Yeah. I just think that's, these are not great decisions to be making right now when the car dealership was uh, days ago in the most extreme danger a business could be in. But that's the point. You don't make good decisions when you've fallen into the karate war world. Yeah. And that is proof that even the, the, the one person in the show that is always logical, even they are now making karate war decisions. And so that proves how deep the rabbit hole goes. Yeah. Well, rewatching the scene just makes me hungry. It looks like a great meal. Yeah. Oh, nice dude, chicken catch so Yeah. Dipping um, the bread in the sauce. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Double dipping even. Um, yeah, there's a quick scene here as well with with Kreese kind of opening a box, uh, looking at looking at the photo of him and his war buddies. And like it kind of initiates the flashback. We literally like crossfade from his face to, to Kreese's face in the past where they're trying to do this secret operation or what have you. But it gets fucked up and uh, Kreese won't blow the thing because his friend is up by the building. <sighs> um, so it's his fault kind of that they all get caught ponytails in position but he just can't pull the trigger yeah this is a little much for me this flashback was a little much it's just so over the top Mm. like too far or in what in what um it's just like it's almost like you're watching something from a different show where like you're seeing these war flashbacks but like they've all been like not in the war and now it's like someone gets shot in the head with a gun and there's like, and then the, the generals turning on crease. It's just, I don't know. It's, it felt it's, it was the things I was worried about when I first saw these flashbacks actually happening. And while I admit that I feel like I, I was happy with the, the overall course of the flashbacks to me, this was the lowest that they got. This was the flashback of the crease flashbacks that I was the least on board with i think that it, it it works better for me because to me the lowest they got is just him being bullied because i for, i don't know why but that just feels too um i guess i don't know like too cliche uh even though i guess of course that has to be a part of it whereas this at least because i mean we talked a lot when we discussed season two that crease is like such a villain and whereas, like, the show's more about people with gray areas, it kind of has to be an extreme thing like this to, like, in the realm of the show for someone to just be, like, always twirling their mustache and always about, like, no hesitation, no remorse, no mercy. Uh, I, I totally see what you're saying, though, because it does make sense 
but I think in the lore and with the way the character is, it, it also fits. Yeah, I wish I saw someone told me the story and that I didn't watch it. I think yeah. that's like if Kreese was telling Hawk about this or something and you heard sound effects as it like the camera pans in on his face as he's telling the story and you're hearing stuff that actually to me all the exact same things work better than me physically watching it happen mike i think i maybe land a bit on your side just because of the thing you said about it feeling like a different show because for the okinawa stuff they obviously have the budget the enthusiasm to put that in a show put that in the show and like go over there and film it obviously this is like kind of a low rent version of a vietnam war sequence as well um and it 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 does feel a little bit like something from another show but kind of a low budget version of that show because it would be a very different show if we were seeing this but anyway i'm getting up my own asshole here so um (laughs) this is one of the few uh flashbacks where we actually have a like a connection point to crease because crease looks at the photo gets this flashback and like it the flashback ends with his captain yelling like look at him look at the dead body and like we go back to him like looking grim and creasy the way he always is and it's like the worst timing for armand to come in and go like i'm gonna kick you out of this place and he's like i just had a vietnam war flashback motherfucker this is the worst (laughs) possible time (laughs) Uh, because we end obviously armand has his cousins or nephews or whatever come in and uh yeah we just cut away but we know something's gonna happen oh, yeah. Chris ru- is about to ruin some goons and obviously they do the fake out with ponytail and um terry silver and i got excited at the idea like not so much that i was like faked out or it mattered but for whatever reason when i was watching the show it wasn't even it didn't even place in my head when we're doing crease flashbacks that like Oh yeah, they'll the Terry Silver would be a part of this, and of course we realize since P- Ponytail is killed, that um that Terry Silver is twig. actually yeah Twig, which I think that's kind of a nice like dovetail into the idea of like, you know, people start at a certain place and end up somewhere different, and gives a little bit more, uh to the to the idea of Terry Silver in general. I mean, because the thing is, being a prisoner of war is going to make you a maniac. And we, we've we been wondering this whole time, like, what is up with these maniacs that Daniel LaRusso has to deal with in his life? And now we know. Yeah. <laughs> also, I'd yeah, appreciate if you don't weird. call uh, my benefactor a maniac, Jim. Yeah. Um, yeah, I wasn't, like, faked out because I... I didn't care enough earlier to be like oh my god that guy's a ponytail like terry silver does like years and years later as if he couldn't have changed his hairstyle like i didn't i didn't think about it either but it is yeah i I, it's a great point you're making about like it it these flashbacks don't really tell me anything new about crease well i they do tell me some new things but yeah as as a mechanism to introduce silver uh they're they're not too bad um so so back in the valley Johnny, we didn't mention before, but Johnny has this sort of brace thing to kind of help Miguel stand. We're going gradually here, um, and they're all—they're kind of arguing because they're—they're—they're uh, they're, they're both upset about their exes, or like they're doing all of this for Johnny's ex, and then Miguel's kind of annoyed because he—he saw his ex, and he's annoyed at uh, Johnny for just trying to pretend something to be something he isn't, or what have you. Um, and uh, yeah, he yells quiet back at Johnny. Yes. How great is that? Yeah, yeah, that is great. He hits him with the quiet. Um, and yeah, well, because this is like, I mean, he sets, this is the thing we always talk about of how 
you know, Miguel is Johnny's sensei in a lot of ways sometimes because he does set Johnny on the path because he does tell him that you're a sensei uh, and, and he gets in on him about walking away like a pussy uh, like he did before. And of course, you know, it does come, it, it does culminate with the old like do you realize you're standing right now like that whole thing which is you know it's a cliche but it still works well here i feel it's so good it's very good (laughs) it is very much a cliche though yeah well it's Uh, great too because i love whenever miguel calls johnny a pussy because they don't let him do that very often but they always save it for good moments like this where it lets johnny have a little perspective because he's so used to being like i know what's going on let me tell you and a few times i let miguel be like no listen to yourself it's always in a moment where johnny needs to hear that yeah and so i always love when they let miguel call johnny a pussy (laughs) well it's great i mean it's important kind of for the whole arc of the season if we're thinking about it because johnny obviously started at his lowest uh, having walked away and having given up and after having run a dojo for two seasons where he's talking about giving up is not a thing we do, fear does not exist in this dojo and whatever, and he's actually done that. And now he's come back enough because Miguel's there, he wants to help Miguel, but it's not like he's really like engaging with like picking back up the pieces. He has given up and handed the dojo over to Crease without really much of a fight, and Miguel rightly calls him out on it, and like the fact that he's trying to pretend to be someone he isn't um so it's great to propel him towards maybe uh realizing more stuff he can do and kind of become a better person and as far as where he's at right now johnny and also more specifically like his little speech that he has uh in his facebook message to ali is obviously great because it kind of includes all of this stuff that miguel is yelling at him yeah yeah it's awesome and then the goof the idea that it it is like a great message to send. It's a little long, but it's not that long. And then he kind of goes back on it and hits it with the not much you. Uh, Which great punchline. Kind of, it, it it almost bugged me, though, because I wanted Johnny to send the message because it was yeah. so good. Yeah. And then I'm, I'm, I'm like, obviously things turn out the way they turn out. But I want Allie to have read that message. I want it. I want <laughs> her to have read that so bad. <laughs> I know, but it's it. The thing is, uh, I I absolutely agree. But that's what makes it so funny. Yeah. But it's all. But it's also at the same point. It's not wasted because this is Johnny's turning point where he's kind of well, not turning point, but it's like where he's building himself back up to that and realizing that for himself and like deleting it it is almost an extension of not like fronting and and like trying to be someone so that ali will think he's cool and more just yeah. go like he knows this shit and he's gonna act on it but that it's very i i just love the not much you <laughs> i agree I, I totally agree it's a great moment it's a great punchline but the that ego in me wants it to not be a TV show for one second, just so he can hit enter and she could read it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, in the next um, scene, cause I've heard people com- have complained about the product placement in Cobra Kai. And I mean, I, they, in this next scene, they have like this, just the scene where they mention like enterprise. And honestly, I didn't even notice it when I first watched it. Uh, I no, guess I'm that's... that much of a z- zombie or something. But uh, I've heard people complain about this, but I kind of don't care. I kind of prefer when they use real brands and not something like Doyona, because I think, to, in my opinion, that's more distracting than just someone being like, hey, give me a Coke. Give me a Coca-Cola. It's great. And you rent an Enterprise car. They're great. I don't care about I'd that. I'd be too. a hypocrite if I didn't acknowledge that I love product placement, because if it weren't for product placement, <laughs> I wouldn't have yeah. known the exact... <laughs> 
hoodie jean jacket combo that Johnny Lawrence is wearing in the early episode so that I could then go on Amazon.com and buy that exact item and then wear it all the time, which I did do. And I will continue to love the fact that I was able to because of product placement. As you should. That wasn't a product that was placed. That was, that's kind of like real life cosplay though. Kind of, I mean, they didn't pay for that to be included. I assume. Well, I don't know. know. He's wearing a giant Levi shirt and then he's wearing the Levi jean jacket combo. Like it, it feels like they may have gotten some money from Levi, but I'm glad they did because now I get to look like Johnny Lawrence in my regular life because of Johnny Lawrence's product placement in Cobra Kai season three. Uh, there's an, a big enterprise sign on the wall as well. I just noticed, but like, yeah, uh, that's not a business I would be aware of. Like, cause I'm just aware of enterprise as far as the word, you know, yeah. but I gather that it's our car rental place. Yeah. <laughs> can I, can I get you guys' opinion on something? Cause this is a, something I've always felt felt it since season one. And I don't know if you guys have brought this up. I, is that guy's name a noosh is a noosh. The he's the guy that yeah. leaves and then comes back. Yeah. That's his name. Yep. I hate that guy. <laughs> Why do you I, hate him? I hate him. I hate him as an actor and I hate him as a character. Like he, he carries himself. Like he thinks he's like, you know, in shows when like a famous comedian does like, a I was going to say, he, show. he absolutely comes off as like, he's a stand up That's doing this as like a favor. I, I completely yeah. get exactly what you're saying. Yes. He has that weird vibe where he thinks he's great and funny as a person as an actor. And then that somehow translated as I don't like him. I have not liked him from the beginning. Uh, I don't know if it's him writing his own stuff or whatever, but he carries himself like he's ad-libbing and not reading lines, but then none of those are funny. So I'm like, yeah, good. Good for you. You're not funny. I don't like him. I was not happy when he was uh, brought back into the show. I was super happy when he left and went worked for uh, uh, the rival uh, used car dealer. I don't like him. I don't like him. You know, he is a stand-up too. Yeah. Oh, fucking of course he is. <laughs> I hate him. I hate his guts. If I saw him in real life, I'd fight him. I'd, I'd, uh, I'd make it super clear to him what I was wearing and that it was the Johnny Lawrence special is what I call it. The jean jacket uh, hoodie combo that I purchased that he wears in the show. Well, I would make sure that he knew I was wearing that and then I'd fight him in real life. Well, Mike, his name's Dan Adute. He has a podcast called Green Eggs and Dan if you want to check it out. <laughs> oh, my God. He's about to get uh, uh, a bad review. <laughs> Uh, I, mean, I like him. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't hate, hate him. him. I don't hate him, but I, I totally get what you're ooh. saying about he does. He's, he, I don't know. I, like, it must be a thing because I'm picking up the same vibe that it feels like we're supposed to know that he's a famous stand up when he pops yes. up in scenes. But I don't know. Oh, I, we I, all love Seinfeld, though. That's <laughs> fine. He's one of the good ones. Uh, Anoush is trash. And I, I, I'm, I was so annoyed when he got reintroduced to the show. And I mean, do you want to? Do you want to repeat for the record that it's not because he's Jewish? It's not because he's Jewish. Uh, it's nothing to do with his race. It's all his smug delivery. Okay, fair. Uh, good. I just wanted to get. Yeah, that he does there. have like a Seth um, Meyers uh, air about him. Oh yeah. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, uh, also in this scene. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, they're, they're all smug at the LaRussos, congratulating each other. He's saying, I can't believe it's over. Don't believe it, Daniel. It's never over. It will never be over until one of you is dead, or at least like two quarter, two thirds of you are dead or something. I don't know. Uh, Armand gives a call and says that they can't get out of the contract. 
and uh, John Kreese uh, tells him that you can't end a war with diplomacy, which is usually how wars end. Uh, I mean, yeah, I guess they have to do some fighting first, but um, they have have to talk at the end there. So he says to prepare your students for battle because now uh, it's open season, as if it wasn't before. And they say it's open season on you as well. Now, I do want to point out, Jim, this will probably annoy you, but just the fucking amount of people in the car dealership. I was about to bring it up. I was about to bring that up. Is I was going to say, word must have gotten out fast that Daniel Russo saved a woman, a young girl in a typhoon <laughs> in, on a small island called Okinawa back in the 80s. And everyone has completely turned face. And they're like, what? He saved a young girl from a typhoon? I want to buy a car from that man. Because the place is bumping. The place is bumping, making it uh, the worst time for the the snake to appear, but the best time for Chris, who's on the phone with them, telling them to fuck off, and then a snake you presumably pl- planted. Or no, wait, sorry, do the do the. Do the Cobra Kai kids do it? No, Kreese does it. Who planted the snake? It's implied that Kreese did it. Yeah, and and how did he time it so well that no one noticed it till now? Um, Although Kreese apparently, because Armand is still at Cobra Kai with Kreese, but I don't know. Like, it's it's so, try to work out the logistics of how this came together. Uh, Never mind the fact that I would argue this would be more damaging to the uh, car dealership than the karate fight that happened at the school. Like, if you heard that snakes were coming out of a car (laughs) at a dealership, I would not... It's like, if you heard about a karate fight that happened at school, you wouldn't think too much from it. You'd be like, oh, that karate guy that sells cars is involved? That's weird. And then you were like, hey, you know that karate guy that sells cars? There was fucking snakes coming out of just the showroom cars. It's like, oh, I'm never going there. But uh, one thankfully, of the things I do love. Oh, sorry. I was, last thing. Thankfully, I mean, kind of spoilers is we will not hear about the dealership again after this. I guess apparently it did shut down and they lost the business after this episode. <laughs> but they neither of them cared at that point. Yeah. Wait, what? Uh, I no, no, I don't remember that. No, I'm saying that it as a, no, I'm saying it as a joke because it doesn't like oh. we don't hear about the business really True. from here that I remember. Huh. One thing I do really love about the scene. And I keep bringing this up, but I love Amanda being pulled further and further into the karate war because this is a perfect, because she's sitting there like, well, it's a good thing you did. uh, It's a shame you didn't have me back in 85 or else this would have just been done because I did it. I'm the best. I figured it all out. And of course she didn't figure it out because she's so new to the karate war life. And she is, this is another, another couple steps into the darkness. that is the karate war that she's been trying to claim doesn't exist because she realizes this is why. Daniel is always wrapped up in all this nonsense because all my logical thinking and how far did it get us? All it did is pull us further into this war and it is making her realize more and more that the karate war is real and all her snark, all her snark, no matter how much we loved it was completely misplaced. And perhaps as silly as we've all said, it is Daniel was right about this karate war all along. Yeah, he was. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yeah, we know he was. I'm. I've been trying to work out the timeline, guys, yeah. on Crease, uh, because obviously he he like the last. So the last few times we've seen Crease, right? He was talking to Robbie. <laughs> that was one of the the previous scenes in the previous episode. He was chatting Robbie up in juvie, and I don't. Maybe I'm missing a small scene, but I don't think we see him again for the whole. Uh, well, yeah, sorry, the end of episode. 
five. It actually makes sense. Mm -hmm. The impetus for this is him getting slapped. So what we know happened behind the scenes after he gets slapped is restraining order snake because the snake is there when the the bullies arrive and join Cobra Kai because they're like, whoa, cool snake. So it's after that, but he must have immediately done the restraining order, started plotting this, and immediately after he got the bullies in, like when he's like, when Hawk beats that guy to a pulp and he's like, that's enough for today, let's call it. He must have immediately gone and put a snake in LaRusso Auto. That, that actually works out. I bet you he sent someone to do it then because he mentions that he just cleaned all the blood off the map, meaning he did it himself. So after mm -hmm. Hawk kills that guy and they, what, throw his body in a dumpster or something, I guess, they probably asked the same people that threw that guy's body in a dumpster to go drop off a snake at the LaRusso dealership. But I think you're even being generous because I feel like the show is saying the impetus for the snake is them trying to get him kicked out of his place which but that's impossible because that's but that's why i'm saying it yeah it's impossible yeah. um because even it's not a back and forth he's trying to like overwhelm them with two things at the same time or multi like i think even I, the, the yeah but i feel like you're be, uh, you're being generous <laughs> with this because it's, i am being generous yeah. but in my universe the restraining order is like a preemptive thing so that she can basically here's the the chess game he's playing the queen's gambit is put the snake that's gonna make her mad and she's gonna come over again and argue and then i'm gonna be like guess what bitch you're have a restraining order you're not allowed to be here get her arrested thrown in jail then she starts fighting with the people in jail he shows up in the jail talks about how cobra kai is the only way just like with robbie recruits her to cobra kai has her fight daniel's son and that's the <laughs> season finale of a, a season yeah. five the main That's his plan. I love that plan, except you could have that meticulously planned out idea, but then once you put the snake in a car, it kind of you show your hand a bit too much. Um, I don't know, Jim. I guess we'll have to wait till season five. I like to think that when he comes back, well, because looking at it, dude, it's actually yeah. Because if you look at it that way. Um, you know, Hawk beats the fuck out of, uh, uh, Brock or Druck or whatever his name is. And then, you know, uh, they leave. Miguel runs into Tori cause she goes to work. Then that night they meet with Armand. So, okay. I guess it could have happened overnight. Um, so I guess then, yeah, Kreese comes back when Kreese comes back and looks in the box, he's looking at his snake charm that he has in that box before he is distracted by the picture of him with his Vietnam buddies. And he has a quick flashback as he's thinking about that. All right. I guess that works. So he did it over that night, but and it still requires the magic power you mentioned for him to make that snake. Yeah. Uh, uh, strike at the right moment. Yeah. Cause no one, and no one would notice it throughout that day until that particular point. It has to be later in the day because, um, they show up to try to evict him uh miguel learns that he's actually standing johnny drinks three beers gets on the computer writes a message to <laughs> ali <laughs> and then we cut to the dealership where they're they've already been busy the whole day as you could see but the snake then decides to reveal itself i guess he could have been just sleep you know what he could have maybe he looked in the box because he's got some dramamine not dramamine benadryl in there that he gave the snake to knock the snake out for a little while, put the snake yeah. under the seat, and timed it right. Well, the snake's going to be waking up. He's going <laughs> to... Coming out he, of goes on, <laughs> he goes on task rabbit, tells somebody he wants them to go to the LaRusso dealership and ask for a test drive in a specific car, then releasing the snake at the right moment because he knows when that test drive will happen so he can then call them yes. and have the, the task rabbit uh, uh, 
uh, test drive happened at the same time. Boom. Yeah, it works. You know what? I think there's an extra step we may be neglecting on our new podcast, Cobra Kai Theory, um, <laughs> that I think Chris went back to Juvie, chatted with Robbie, got the passcodes for the LaRusso dealership because yeah. he's proved that his methods work. Uh, he knows how to steal cars from there. He could just walk in and out with that snake. He doesn't even need the task rabbit. Maybe he does that just because of the restraining order thing. But yeah, that's how he got in and out. He, he that got makes sense. help off screen. Let's no. get a hold of the big three. Tell them to put out a ridiculous tweet confirming our theory. Let's make a fucking timeline. Let's put this all in a graph. Nice and easy for people to follow. Beautiful stuff. That does conclude our coverage of episode six of season three of Cobra Kai. Thank you for joining us, Iron. It's been a fun one. Um, we would invite you to also leave a review on Apple Podcasts or share your thoughts with us via shows which you know show at gmail.com. Send us your theories on hashtag Cobra Kai Theory, the new name of this show. Um, and beyond that, you can, of course, go to shows which you know.com for all of our other coverage. And you can hear more from Jim and Mike at jimandthem.com. Mike is indeed one of them. Uh, that's a lot of links, a lot of plugs, but there you go. Is there anything else? Yep, there's just one thing left. What's that? Strike first. Strike hard. No mercy. <laughs> <laughs>